0: Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: Kaboom! If you thought four hours a day, 1,200 minutes a week was enough, Everywhere! Welcome into the Audio Dojo, another spin around the audio world as it is the fifth hour with Ben Maller and Danny G on this, the 30th day of December. Happy Saturday. Happy Saturday, a, a long holiday weekend for most as we are here hanging out with you every single day of the week. Fresh audio content just ready to be delivered, piping hot, right into your eardrums on this holiday weekend. And on this edition of the fifth hour, we've got Benny Brittle, Nerds Are Real, the term of the week, the term of the week, and uh, you never know what else is going to pop up. So uh, that's at least the base. That's how we're going to start, and things happen. Things happen, so I wanted to start with this. Now we had the uh, Maller holiday party last weekend on Christmas Eve. Now Petbridge Farm remembers the uh, the Maller holiday party, which is not to be confused. A lot of people confuse this with the Ugly Sweater party, and it, it, it's often mixed up. And, and I just want you to know, and not not to be corny, or you know, it's a heartwarming event. The Maller holiday party. Nothing like the ugly sweater party. It's almost all family. There's a few friends, but it's almost all family at the tabernacle. Uh, and it's just uh, endless amounts of food and all that. This is a separate deal. Separate deal. And here's the same thing that happens every year before every one of these parties, Danny G. Uh, every year, it is a Mad dash. Um, my wife runs around like the tornado, the Tasmanian devil, trying to make everything perfect. Right, Everything has to be just wonderful, uh, beautiful, uh, like it's uh, back in the colonial times. Everything's perfect, right? Everything's just wonderful and all that stuff. Uh, and so there's, there's like three or four days of preparation, buying crap, figuring out the menu of these parties, Cleaning up everything, like the whole deal, it's a big. And it, Do you ever get tired of hosting all these parties? Yes, yes, because my wife freaks out then. She's like, "Oh my! If 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 things are not perfect, it's very dramatic." And I don't need the drama, right? I'm I'm good with the drama not being where it is. Now, the odd thing is, like before the party, it reminds me of like a dramatic uh, Shakespearean uh, type play because it's so dramatic. But then afterwards, it's like, oh, I can't wait to host another one. And I'm like, wait a minute. You know, it's like, yeah, we're running around. Everyone's in a tizzy. And I was like, will we get this thing done or not? And it's like, oh, it's just. But anyway, so we had had the the holiday party. And uh, as you know, uh, being the king of introverts, Danny, uh, not a big party. Not a big party guy. uh, But uh, put on a happy face. Put on a happy face. And uh, yet again, morphed into Benny the Baker. And overbaked, made double the chocolate chip cookies, uh, made some some sugar cookies. Uh, Half of them were given green frosting. Half of them were red, the yin and the yang. But the star of the show, a debut item, you can call me now, Benny Brittle. And not because I have brittle bones and I can't even get off a fire truck without my back hurting for a week. Not because of that. No, it's the delicious new treat that I, in the confectionery have, I don't know that I've mastered it, but it's pretty good. It's pretty good. and And that is the delicious new treat, the peanut brittle, homemade peanut brittle, which I have always loved peanut brittle. It is terrible for you. It's bad for your teeth and you shouldn't eat it and all this stuff. It's got a lot of sugar and I get all that. But it's so freaking good. It is so so freaking good.
3: This, yeah, that's that's in my top five.
2: Yeah, and I remember when I was a kid, and one of my favorite memories, we went on a family vacation to Hawaii, and uh, it was a big deal, right, for my mom and stuff. And uh, you know, anyway, you go to Hawaii; it's a long trip. It's, I've ended up lucky enough; I've been there many times over the years. But when I was a kid; I didn't really know what I was getting into. I didn't really appreciate it. The thing that I loved as a fat kid in Hawaii was macadamia nut brittle. <laughs> My mom got me a lot of that. And I was like, oh, man, this is like the greatest stuff I've ever had.
3: Uh, well, there's something about that and toffee, both underrated.
2: Yeah. So I was able to make peanut brittle, and it I, I think it's – I'll have to I – mean, I'll get you some, Danny. I'll, I'll have to get you some. I know you're not eating sugar, so maybe I shouldn't get you some. But it's really – easy to make. The only thing I had to get was they call it a candy thermometer because the key to this is a science to it. And you've got to have the, obviously the, the ingredients are the most important thing. You It's it's corn syrup, sugar, salt, uh, baking soda, and obviously a mother load of peanuts. But the science to it is you you have to do it all to the right temperature. And there's this sweet spot the Goldilocks zone for peanut brittle. And so you mix all these ingredients and you turn up the heat, you turn up the heat, and then it's the magic hour, the golden hour, as they, they say in photography, right? Right before sunset, the golden hour, when the lights, you know, God's light is just there. It's perfect. The photos are amazing. You don't need to filter anything. So when the sticky goo gets to the perfect temperature, which is usually 300 degrees to 310 degrees. You then, while you are stirring it, at that magical moment, you then quickly have to turn the stove off. You have to grab the giant bowl of sloppy, sugary, peanutty syrup. All too good to be true, hee hee. And you then have to pour it in to a tray with parchment paper and then you have to let it sit for like 30, 40 minutes. And that's all. So it's, it's a lot of moving parts, but it, you can make it really quick. And it, the thing that like, I mean, I've always loved, it, as we talked about Danny, but I went to the store because I was like, you know, I, I haven't had it in a while and I made it. And, 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 and so I was like, okay. I went to a store the other night this week and they were selling peanut brittle, like a small box of peanut brittle, $9.99. Nine ninety nine for a small box of peanut. I, what are they doing? It's, it's
3: crazy. From your old producer, wrong button Bob. His daughter was doing a fundraiser for her preschool. Yeah, it was twenty two dollars for a box
2: of oh, peanut brittle. God, anytime you need peanut brittle, right, I'll I'll do it for you. I, I'm even thinking I might go next level and make macadamia nut brittle. How about that? I might go next level. Macadamia nut brill. Flashback. You're getting
3: crazy. You're going crazy now.
2: I'm going wild, man. But you know who would buy that? The nerds. Because nerds are real, Danny. And they would buy that that macadamia nut brill is what they would do.
0: There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables.
4: Apple podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You
3: know what nerds buy $200 custom made lightsabers. So we had this topic on Covino and rich filling in for the Dan Patrick show this past Thursday morning. What's worse, a sports nerd or a regular nerd?
2: (sighs) Now, you mean regular or do you mean a Disney nerd? Because I think regular nerd, Disney nerd, sports nerd are all different types of nerd. There's different qualities to each.
3: That's a good point. But yeah. I guess Disney nerd would fall into the category of a regular nerd.
2: Not necessarily, because there are Disney nerds that are really stupid, but they're just, they love their Disney, right? And there's, like, there's the Poindexter nerd that isn't into Disney and really isn't into sports, but, like, into, like, uh, like there's, I guess, I guess you'd call them, like, a sci-fi nerd, right? There's the sci-fi nerd, there's the Star Trek nerd, the Star Wars nerd. Yeah. There's that nerd. Where do you think the sports
3: nerd ranks in there?
2: Well, this is very sensitive. It's a very delicate topic, as you know, Danny, because we are dependent on the sports nerd. Uh, And we, my belief is we got into this at one point because we were sports nerds. Uh, so as I psychoanalyze the sports nerd, I would have them actually lower on the list. Like, I think that to me, and I'm not a big – I don't hate Disneyland, but I'm old enough to remember when I could go for $20 to get to Disneyland. They Remember they had that SoCal race? Yeah,
3: game? yeah, yeah. And see, I agree with you because Rich pointed out that a football or a sports nerd will spend $200 on a jersey – and I say, yeah, but I don't think I'm in the game. This Star Wars nerd who's spending $200 on a lightsaber really thinks that he's in a Star Wars movie. Oh. Now, to, to back up my point, we're there at Star Wars Land, and the big ride is Rise of the Resistance. Amazing ride, okay? I like Star Wars, but I'm not a Star Wars nerd by any means. Then Now, you get the Fast Pass, you know, obviously you got to pay extra for that. The problem with that rise of the resistance ride is they have technical issues a lot. It's broke. It's broke. And you scan your phone for the lightning lane. But what happens is you get an alert saying that the ride is not functioning. So you got to come back later. Once the ride reopens, it sends an alert to your, to the app, to your phone. So all these star Wars nerds come running like bats out of hell and pushing and shoving. <laughs> and my wife turned wifey turned and looked at me and said, what a bunch of star Wars nerds. And I said, you're not kidding. So we get inside the ride. And at the beginning, there's like a, like a fake general from the dark side who's going to get the info out of us. We all know where the, uh, the base for the good guys is, And they tell you at the beginning of the ride, no matter what, do not give the dark side the information about where the base is for the resistance. And this guy in front of us wearing a star, a custom Star Wars jacket turns to his buddy and says, if this was real life, I wouldn't tell them even if they tortured me.
2: (laughs) And how old was was this person? This guy was in
3: his 30s. Oh, my God. For sure. Um, and he wasn't kidding; he was dead serious. We get out of the ride, and uh, you know the family has to use the restroom. So my wifey walks up to somebody dressed up as you know they have Star Wars characters walking around who work for the park. And I mean that's kind of got to be a cool job, right? If you want to be a stormtrooper, yeah, or yeah, or uh, you know, yeah. you know, one of the one of the bad guys. There's a couple of good guys walking. Well, that's, that's what you yeah, ought
2: to, That's what you should do if you're a Star Wars nerd. You should work at Disneyland. You can get paid to dress up as, a, as you said, a stormtrooper and walk around. Exactly. We even met the Mandalorian.
3: Nice. Uh, so my wife walks up to one of these characters, and she says, which way is the restroom? He's got, like, this fancy lightsaber, and he's decked out. And I was like, man, this is one of the better characters we've seen in here. He looks at my wifey with wide open eyes, and he's like, Uh, I don't work here.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Now, the one advantage, Danny, that the star that that guy, that Star Wars nerd has, as opposed to the sports nerd that goes to a game is the sports nerd ends up occasionally having to walk out of the stand. It's like they're all dressed up and their team loses. Right, and it's it's, it's like if you were a Charger fan and you went to that Charger Raider game a few weeks ago and you you were all dolled up and you had your gear on and then you had to do the walk of shame out of the stadium. Like, if you're a Star Wars nerd, you never have to walk out of Disneyland like, oh man, we just lost, you know, it's just embarrassing.
3: Somebody says sports nerd, I picture a geek crunching numbers and having multiple fantasy teams. Not necessarily somebody that goes to the stadium, but More like a nerd at his home office crunching numbers and
2: stats. So you don't think the guy that wears the full uniform to go to a game qualifies as a sports nerd? I'm going to disagree. I'm going to disagree (laughs) with you on that. It's a different kind of nerd. Yeah, it's a different
3: kind of nerd. I'll give you that. It's a different kind of nerd. I'm
2: talking shoulder pads. I'm talking the pants. Like, I'm going all in, right? There are people that go all in on that. Well,
3: there's that confusing TV commercial right now where the kid transfers to a different school and he's wearing a 49ers shirt and the kids in the class are talking shit to him. And then Christian McCaffrey is there like his angel, his guardian. And he's like, oh, you're going to have to up your game. And so the second day of school for the kid, he goes in with even more 49ers gear on and the kids are still talking crap to him. So then McCaffrey's like, Man, bunch of haters. So then he has to up his game even more, and the kid has shoulder pads on, the uniform pants, the cleats. Like this kid walks into class looking like a real 49er player. How is that not going to get him picked
2: on? Yeah. No, no. no. What, what, were the, what was the commercial for? I don't even remember. What was it? Uh, yeah, that's a good question. I don't even know. It's a very effective commercial. We like what they were selling. Great marketing. (laughs) (laughs) No idea what the product was, but the commercial is very good.
3: Very memorable, but for the wrong reason.
2: Yeah. It is. The the most memorable commercials in my life, I'm pretty sure I can remember what the product is. When I was a kid, there was a Wendy's commercial with this old lady saying, where's the beef? But I remember it was Wendy's. It was like their whole market, like, where's the beef, right? That was their whole thing. Uh remember the Gator there was another when I was a kid Gatorade commercial remember that wanna be like mike song
3: Oh of course I was going to mention that right now yeah Definitely. that was that was a big deal cuz kids would like walk around singing that song out loud
2: that oh, was a great tune especially if your name was Mike I mean just, you know it's wonderful Oh, knew- uh, and you got
3: the Mars Blackman commercials for Air Jordan. Oh, yeah. yeah those, were, sure. those were great. Uh, Bo knows the Bo knows campaign. Yeah,
2: that was solid. Bo Jackson night. Yeah. Whole thing. Bo don't know Diddley. Yeah. Yeah. That was good. No, there were some classics, but we usually know what the product is. Usually, yeah. you know, we don't know what the product is. That, that's something you're not necessarily, the, the marketing arm is not doing something right. Uh-huh. But what do I know?
4: Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: Moving on, we have the term of the week. Not the words of the week or the word of the week. The term of the week. Are you ready? The term of the week. Yes, this is an exclusive to the Fifth Hour Podcast. If you would like to recommend a term of the week to a future episode of the podcast, uh, please send that in. The term of the week is rain check, rain check. Now, today is Saturday, Danny. If you look at your weather app, uh, it's supposed to be raining today in uh, where we do the show from in L.A. But, you know, winter for most people, uh, snow, sleet, uh, all that stuff. But here in California, it's just rain. Uh, You need tires, by the way? No. Uh, I feel like I'm doing a tire rack commercial. So anyway, it's It's supposed to rain today. But the, the term rain check, I think we know what that means, right? So it's a promissory note. Uh, it was uh, originally written uh, as a, a form of like a written ticket. Well, here's a great story. I, I just kind of fell into this, and I don't know how I stumbled upon this because I am guess I'm a nerd. I'm a word nerd. I admit it. I'm okay with that. I'm you know nerd poindexter guy. But did you know the first rain checks were issued? Where do you think they were issued? What do you think? Um, man, I don't know. At a baseball game, it started in. Oh, baseball. okay, all yes. right. It started in baseball, uh, and and this is this is wild to me. So the first recorded rain check was issued on the twenty first day of June, eighteen eighty three, by the St. Louis Brown Stockings. Now they are the forerunner to what eventually became the St. Louis Cardinals, and. They made a policy in St. Louis to issue rain checks to fans who paid for a game that was rained out. The reason that was rather important is because the, I believe it was the, the association, which was not the major leagues. This was something other than the major league. I think it was the Federal League. I, I'm not sure exactly the name of the league, so you you know don't hold me to that. Uh, but the St. Louis brown stockings, According to that post-dispatch story, uh, they decided they will not make, in 1883, they said we'll no longer make patrons pay, not fans, patrons, pay for what they don't see. As was the case that was standard operating procedure with all the other teams in that association. And everyone buying a ticket to a game in St. Louis on days where rain is you know, apprehend, you know stopping the game, they said apprehended. Uh, they will be given a rain check which will allow them to come to a game the following uh, day where the weather's good and all that. And that was the beginning of rain checks. It started in baseball in 1883 and is still used today, which is why. Now, now, so it was a literal thing because
3: then it also just became a part of our speech where You'd say to a girl, Can we have sex tonight? And she'd say, Rain check.
2: <laughs> well, yes, that is a, you could definitely add that to the mix. But I, the thing about this that's, uh, is wild to me is that at that time, they just had a, a policy where they wouldn't give you an opportunity to go to another game. But now the problem we have now, we don't really deal with this where we live, Danny, but I know from friends that live in Boston and other places, like you'll go to a Red Sox game and if it's kind of a rainy night, They'll sit around for three or four hours through rain delays off and on to make sure they get the game in so they don't have to issue rain checks to people. Jesus, greedy. Yeah, they hate it. They can't stand it. I bet you the people in sports, if you behind the scenes, you ask them, they'd be like, oh, this is terrible. How dare that team in St. Louis? What's wrong with them? Why did they have to do this? It's a bad job by them. And they'd go on and on and on and all about, you know, because you know how. How cheap it is. As far as the, I want to go back to the nerd thing, though, because the Disney nerd and the sports nerd are experiencing the same the same thing where Disney used to be affordable, affordable mm-hmm. family fun, sporting events, affordable family fun. Right. You could even get merch. You could get merchandise for a reasonable price. Uh, uh, and, yeah. And you
3: just made me think about something. What's that? That sports nerd at the Chicago Cubs game that got in the way of the ball. Oh, Bartman, Steve Bartman. Yeah,
2: now that's a sports nerd. Yep, that is a sports nerd. He, he has Walkman on. <laughs> and amazingly, all these years later, 20 years later, he has still not done an on camera interview. He has completely stayed hidden, which tells you two things. He is an introvert, and he must be loaded because he could have made a fair amount of money. They would have paid to have Steve Bartman on TV at the time, and he turned down that money.
3: They even wanted him to be a part of their championship parade, remember?
2: Yeah, yeah, and he didn't didn't want any part
3: of it. Oh. It's crazy. He could have got a ring and all that. Yeah, crazy.
2: Yeah, yeah. You wonder if he's been back to – Like in a disguise? Well, he probably looks a lot different. He was a – what was he? His mid-20s it looked like around that time. So he's probably his mid-40s now. Probably still looks
3: like a sports nerd though.
2: Yeah. There were people dressing up for Halloween (laughs) as Steve Bartman. You remember that? Yeah. It was nuts. I was on the air that night at Fox Sports Radio and we were counting down. It was a huge deal. Cubs and Marlins – Cubs are nine outs away from going to the World Series. You know, it was like, the oh my god, it was Dusty Baker. Oh, was gonna be, it's gonna be. It was. I think was it Dusty Baker was the manager. I think he was managing. What was it? Uh, who was managing the Cubs? I think it was Dusty. Uh, but I, just the, that night, the excitement, and then uh, watching it all implode, uh, and, and that didn't end the series. Like many of the greatest moments in baseball, that was not the that was the turning point. But yeah, it, it, there was another game after that. It's like the the the, the Buckner play did not end the world. The, the Kirk Gibson home run was in Game One.
3: It's just the way everybody remembers it.
2: Yeah, that that uh, remember the Rangers Cardinals when uh, Nelson Cruz misplayed the ball in the outfield. That was also Game Six, I think. I don't think it was Game Seven. Where the Rangers blew it and the Cardinals ended up coming back and winning. How about the Angels
3: pitcher who killed
2: himself? I hate to say which one, but uh oh, man. Don, Donnie Moore. Yeah, yeah, Donnie Moore. Was yeah. that a? Was that a? No, that was. That's a good call. That was in Anaheim, and they had to go back to Boston, if I remember correctly, yeah. to play at Fenway, and they showed up. And they wasted a lot of fossil fuels, the Angels. And they got into the fetal position and started sucking their thumb. And uh, and that was it. They had uh, you know Gene Autry, the singing cowboy. That was his shot right there to win the World Series. And it all went to hell. It all went to hell. Which is different than basketball. Like a lot of the basketball plays were in the final game. But in baseball, not quite the same thing. It's an odd. Yeah, exactly. Like think about the New York Knicks.
3: Starks missing all those shots in game seven.
2: Yep. Well,
3: actually, a game seven.
2: The Willis Reed game, even though he didn't really play that well, but that was a game seven against the Lakers, Uh, Knicks and Lakers and that was actually the Walt Clyde Frazier game, but he doesn't get credit for it because everyone just said, "Well, that's the Willis Reed game." Willis Reed you know, legend became the fact. He go with the legend it was the Willis Reed game. He played. He, he played. I think he scored like one basket or two baskets. That's it. Played the first quarter of the game, but there's like the, the New York Riders had a field day with how how he was basically just their rally banana. It was it was it was craziness. All right. We'll get out on that. Uh, anything going on today, Danny? Uh, was some college football. Not not great games. Uh, not, there's an NFL game today. We got the Lions and the Cowboys, a standalone NFL game.
3: Yeah. Cowboys at home, which means they'll probably win because they win at home. and They suck on the road.
2: They're favored by six. Of course, I, I will shamelessly promote Benny versus the penny, which will be airing on regional cable television today. So check that out. It's not on the show because we we try to avoid the Saturday show because the, the show runs uh, through Sunday morning. So we try, generally avoid Thursday and Saturday games.
3: You know you know what I'm going to do today? I am going to put some items up on Offer Up because after the Disneyland visit, we are dead broke. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. Uh, uh, was it packed? There's some was valuables it- in the garage that need to move. Was it? Very, uh, like, what was, how busy was it on on Christmas? So we had two-day passes. Christmas Eve
3: was nice, especially Christmas Eve morning. Not that many people there. We could walk around freely, and it, it was a wonderful time. Now, Christmas Day, holy guacamole, I won't probably do that again because just downtown Disney alone was packed. To the you know the max capacity with people so you can imagine what it was like inside both parks
2: yeah when i was younger we because i grew up kind of near disneyland we would we would usually go on when i was a kid a little kid my parents always wanted to go super bowl weekend because there was no one there and sometimes on christmas because it was kind of kind of empty but most of the time we just eat chinese food
3: i think a lot of people now know I'm going to go there for Christmas. So, yeah, the move in the future, if you want to go during the holidays, go on the eve, not the actual holiday.
2: Christmas Eve is the big one. That's the big one. All right. Have a great rest of your Saturday. We will have a mailbag podcast. We'll see how long we go on that, but that will be on uh, tomorrow's pot on Sunday. So have a wonderful rest of your Saturday, and we thank you for following the podcast. We'll catch you tomorrow.
3: Later, skater.
2: Bye, Felicia.